discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. I glad to be here. Yes, yeah, I hear you watched a video on consecration on Sunday. How was it? Was it powerful? Was a message? Wow. wow. You learned something from it. It's important too. You can't be wallowing in some things and expect some things to be happening. You should know that you are reducing your, your rate of pregnancy with the Holy Spirit. You have to know it. A lot of Christians despise that particular aspect. Um, of consecrating themselves. Consecration is a process. It's not just an event. It's an event. It happens on a certain day, but then we must consecrate ourselves consistently and continuously and share it. Do you understand? He says, Be thou separate from them. He says, Draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. You see, we are already in God. We are in Christ and He's in us. So, what does it mean when He says, Draw nigh unto me? And I'll draw nigh unto you. He's talking about the 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 aspect of your life where you are wholly given unto him. You get it? Or you don't understand my message. Uh-huh. So you, you can't you can't ascend into the holy hill of the Lord when your, your hands are dirty and your, your heart is dirty. Okay? There are sides of our lives when we are tempted to do wrong. That is understandable. God knows. God is in your hearts. He's greater than your conscience. So in that case, when your conscience even condemns you, the Bible says that he's greater than your conscience. But when you deliberately decide that you do whatever you want to do, that is where the problem is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. There's a place when you are tempted and you genuinely and honestly couldn't do anything about it. You understand? Uh-huh. Or in ignorance, you did certain things wrong. But when now that you are in the light of knowledge, it is unwise to continue in the light of folly. Yeah. <laughs> or you don't understand. Uh-huh. To continue in the light of folly, you don't have to do that. Okay? You must be very conscious. And know who you are working with. There are things I can't do because it doesn't go with the work that I do. Have you seen athletes not eating certain foods before? Athletes. Have you seen them eating not eating certain foods and restrain themselves from certain things? Have you seen that before? Yeah. They are not to take milk. Is it milk? Some some foods. Some foods, some oils and some things pepper and some things. In fact, you can't even have sex at certain times. All those who are going to play the World Cup, none of them can have sex. You, if you have sex, it will destroy the whole World Cup. 
<laughs> you can't win. Yeah. Oh, you don't know? Yes. Because sex is not an easy thing. For a man, it takes a lot of energy out of you. It's like running a tadash. Ask Pastor Kobe, he'll tell you. It's not easy like that. No, no, my lying. Yeah. As was Alex, I had to be pumping like this. It's like you feel like collapsing. So you can't be engaged in that and then be running at the same time. That's how it is. If you are working, if you are in the house of God, you are with God, God is with you and all. That mentions that you have to be temperate in all things. You don't have to live like every other person. Okay. In First Corinthians chapter nine, let's read First Corinthians chapter nine. Let's read from verse twenty-seven. First Corinthians nine twenty-seven. Sometimes a lot of new creation people behave as though some of these things are not in the Bible. As though you can live anyhow. There's grace and everything. It's not like, it doesn't work like that. There's grace. Okay? But the same Bible that says that there's grace says that shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Then it says, God forbid. How shall you who is dead to sin live any longer therein? That's uh, Romans chapter 6. Go to Romans chapter 6, verse, verse 3. Let's read from verse 1. Verse 1. Romans 6 from verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Let's read the message. We don't understand it. Do you understand it? You don't understand it. So what do we do? Keep on sinning as so God can keep on forgiving? And that's what a lot of Christians, the position they have taken. Especially new creation folks. Like you and I. Are you a new creation folk like you are into new creation? Uh -huh. Those of us who are into new creation. We sin more than any group in the whole world. Oh, you'd be surprised. More than unbelievers. Because we believe that, Charlie, we are not under law. We can do whatever we want to do. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. It is true. But it's a message for those who are struggling with things and uh, uh, need help and require help to come out of them. Not you who have come out. It's like, now you don't, you don't know what to do again. It's like, okay, so what, what, what foolish thing can we do next? So that the message can be working in our lives. You've made a very, very big mistake. That message is to liberate you so that you'll be free to do what God wants you to do. Not so that you can do whatever you like. Freedom, it's like freedom. You get it? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? It's a full message. How? How? So don't don't engage yourself in some things and say that oh, you are cutting your destiny short. That's what sin does to you. It cuts your destiny short. You don't know. But it's just cutting your destiny short like that. It's destroying your future. It, gone are the days when we used to want to keep ourselves. You, you, you understand? Like we used to want to keep ourselves holy. We've been told that we are holy. Which is the truth? Because we are holy. Hallelujah. But you continue in that holiness that you have been made. You are called holy brethren. You are called saints. It doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want to do. You must continue in it. Because the ability of God is within to help you to live right. 
He says, let not anybody deceive you. All unrighteousness is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. And he means it. All unrighteousness is sin. You understand? Yes. So if you are pressing the girl, you are smooching the girl, you should know what you are doing. And you should know what is going to be happening. You are being, you are being smooched. You are, someone is smooching, you two are being, you are the, you are the smooching, whatever. <laughs> you are the smooching of the, the smoocher and the smoochie. <laughs> well, like I said, the interviewer and the interviewee. <laughs> you wanted to say interviewee, and you could, the viewee could, the viewee couldn't come. So he said, the interviewer, the interviewer and the interviewee. The interviewee. <laughs> And the whole class was like, <laughs> the smoother and the smoochie. Messy on our heads. Yeah, that's why you can't go where God wants you to go. You, you can't. You can't. It's not possible. Just how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? He says, put it to your account that you are dead indeed unto sin and you are alive unto God. Have you seen a dead body before? How many of you have seen a dead body before? Try collecting your fridge from a dead body. If he took your fridge. It's, it's death. For, it's, forget about it. It's useless death. It's bad death, I mean. It won't come back again. So don't even think about it. Okay, it says that's how you have also been deactivated when it comes to the lines of sin. So remain deactivated. Decide that you'll be deactivated. It's in this place, it says that sin was a sovereign in that country. We have been moved from that country. Let's go on. I think if you ask me to read it, it will make more sense to us. Do you get it? Yeah. You must get to the point where you decide that, Charlie, I'm living for God. I'm living for God. This body of mine is for the Lord. My penis is not entering any vagina apart from my wife's vagina. I don't know if I'm in the church or if I'm somewhere. Haven't you had penis before? Haven't you had vagina before? Look at the next verse. Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace. A new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. Next verse. When we are, we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Next verse. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going in our new grace, sovereign country. Uh, are you saying it? In the country we are in, is grace that is sovereign. All right, next verse, verse 6. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin miserable life. No longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this. We are not at the beck and call of sin. Right, you can say that well, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. You could help yourself. You could. You could. You see, what you're saying is that the power of Christ is not high enough. It's not powerful enough. Your erections were more powerful than the power of Christ. 
That's what you're saying. Your erections were too powerful. <laughs> Could it be any crisis? If we get included in Christ's sin conquering death, we also get included in this life in his life-saving resurrection. And we were we say that we are included in his life, whatever, in his sin conquering death. If we do, then we are also included in his life-saving resurrection. Next verse. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again would death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. Let's go on. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language. That means nothing to you. For, from now on, think of, of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue. And you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That is what Jesus did. So don't live your life as though all that Jesus did was powerless. Because it didn't mean anything. No, it meant something. You can lie through your teeth. There are Christians who are liars. They are liars. I was being told about one lady in one of our churches. She has been vanishing from the church. She vanished from the church for two weeks. She's nowhere to be found. Not in her own house. She said that she's going for a conference somewhere. She's lying. She's going to sleep in a certain boy's house. For two weeks. Two continuous weeks. Then when she comes, she'll say that, oh, she was in the conference. Life-changing conference. Like, conference, work conference. So the pastor tried, looked for the work, the workplace, called the boss, found out whether there was any conference wherever. They said that there is no conference anywhere. Where have you been going to? What a conference. You're a child of God, but there's something wrong with your brain. God can't use you. God can't do what he wants to do with you. Do you get it? And very soon you get HIV and you don't understand why you got it. You think HIV is on people's faces. You are, you'll be surprised. Ask my wife. My wife deals with HIV people most of the time. It's not on anybody's face. The big bottom lady that you are seeing, HIV and quah. HIV and quah. You may not know. You think you are just doing something. Brother, I mean, let's allow. Am I, am I in the church? It's not written on anybody's face. You have to be careful. Go to the next verse. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. No vote. Don't give your votes to sin. Don't give it the time of, a, of day. Hmm? Next verse. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. You are not in that country anymore. So even little errands. Like, oh, this one is not, it's not anything. You are just kissing. Do you know that new Christian believers... Now kiss without a problem. It's like it's nothing. It's nothing wrong. That's why you get hepatitis B, C, or D very soon. And you don't understand how you got it. You'll be putting your feet to work. Work. My blood is the blood of Christ. Your blood is something else. You only you. Your blood is something else. <laughs> You are stressing your faith out. You are stressing your own self out. If you were, if you had kept your mouth to yourself, now you wouldn't be threatened in a certain way. Yeah. 
Keep your mouth. Keep your mouth to yourself. Just keep your mouth. Hmm? No kissing. We are. Let's be happy. Let's kiss on the day they say we should kiss in front of everybody. Hallelujah. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. There's a scripture I want you to see down there. And see, you see what we are reading? He's talking about your practical life, your practical living. Like living practically as a child of God, not allowing your life to just run into errors, run into sin. Okay? You must learn not to live for yourself. You must learn not to live for yourself. You can have, a, you can have some knowledge that will let you know what to do when you fall into trouble. Okay? But you must learn not to live for yourself. You must learn to know that your life has a certain kind of value. And there are so many people whose lives are connected to yours. You must learn it. If you don't know it, you will live a worthless life. A valueless life. Okay? There's something I want to show you. There's something similar in uh, some, similar to what I want to show you in Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. Okay? Philippians 3, verse 15. So you can read that one, then I'll, I'll look for the other one for you. One to go. Read it once again. Hallelujah. What did you get from this verse? Yes, let us therefore as many as be perfect or matured, be thus minded. And if anything even in anything you be otherwise, my God shall reveal even this unto you. He was talking about how that he presses on towards the goal and everything and all those things. He's that all those, even if you don't agree with what I'm saying and you're matured, don't worry, God will reveal it to you if you don't agree with what I'm saying. But this is how a matured man is supposed to mind, this is the mindset a matured man must have. That if your maturity does not mean it has ended. You can stay where you are. We are not to live unto ourselves. Okay? Paul said that all things are what? Lawful unto me. But not all things are expedient or advantageous. It's not everything that is beneficial. So actually, with another, you can do a lot of foolish things. You can do a lot of foolish things. And you justify it with scriptures. Okay, but that, that is a sign that you are not living for Christ. You are not living for God. You are living for yourself. And that's selfishness. And immediately that puts you out of God. You get it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second Corinthians 5.15 Okay, let's look at Second Corinthians 5.15 And that he died for all that they which live should not hence or live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again. You're talking about how that Christ died for us giving himself. Therefore we should also die or give ourselves. You get it? And not live unto ourselves but live unto the one who died and rose again. Okay? But there's another place where he says we should live for we should live considering our brethren 
You get it? She lived considering her brethren, having her brethren in mind. Okay? Probably you can find it. But let's go back to Romans chapter 6 where we're reading. Let me continue from there. Then I'll go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And then we'll, we'll see it. Romans chapter 6. Where I think we're in verse 13. Eh? Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Through yourselves wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion. Let's go. Let's go. Message. With this one, we've read it in this portion. Uh, we understand this one, but we don't understand the message version. So we want to read the message. That means you must. Sin can't tell you how to live. Did you hear? Sin can't what? Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you are not living under that old tyranny any longer. You are living in the freedom of God. So it depends on you and what you think you are, where you think you are living. It's when it comes to every other aspect of your life, you believe that you are living in, in Christ. When it comes to sin, you believe that you are living somewhere else. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. It's like, oh, this one, dear Charlie God, this is my weak point. <laughs> my, this is my weak point, God. This one is my weak point. You are, you know. You tell God, you are, you know that. <laughs> we'll meet soon. Next verse. So, since we are out from the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we are free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? He's asking questions. Next verse. Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. Did you hear that? It says, offer yourself, yourself to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourself to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. All your lives, you've let sin tell you what to do. All your life. All your life. Since you realized that you were living, you realize sin has led you in many things. Now that you have heard the truth, change your mind. Next, next verse. But thank God you started listening to a new master. One whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Continue. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you? How at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. Don't you remember? Uh -huh. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom? Your life's healed and expansive in holiness. Wow. Next verse. As long as you did, you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living. Or write anything for that matter. <laughs> but do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing. Nothing you are proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. All kinds of things. You are you remember how your life was. Now that Christ has brought you freedom, Charlie, take that freedom and continue in that freedom. What do you think? Next verse. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do. And I've discovered the delight of listening to God telling you what a surprise. A whole huge put together life right now. With more and more of life on the way. 
Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. This is your pension. Work hard. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus our master. Do you think he's talking about um, sin? There are two types of sin. There's a sin that leads to death and a sin that does not lead to death. What do you think we've been discussing all this while? He's discussing the sin that does not lead to death. He's talking about the things you can do. You get it? Stealing, lying, fornication, adultery. You get it? Slander, jealousy, envy. Those things, backbiting. You get it? Those are the things he's talking about. And after making that discussion, the end was that work hard for sin and your, your, your pension is death. So he's talking about what happens after you've continuously, you are just billowing in foolishness, in folly. You don't think about consecration in any form. You just do whatever you want to do, whatever comes to your mind. You are a child of God, but you do whatever comes to your mind. What you feel like doing. You allow your feelings to lead you. Hallelujah. You sleep with this one. You are making plans of sleeping with this one. As you are making plans, you have other plans for this one too. Putting people's heads together. You have timetable. You have to be smart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People are doing foolish things. It's not supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be like that. Don't take the Holy Spirit for granted. Okay? Yeah, don't take the Holy Spirit for granted. The day he will get angry, you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked that it is you, Pa, that something like that has happened to you. You'll be surprised that me and Pa and Amini, you'll be shocked. So make a U-turn. You see, the word of God uh, comes into your life to help you make a U-turn from wherever you were walking before. You understand? Make a fear God. There's, there's the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It's not operational in most, most Christians. They like the other sides of the Holy Spirit. Word of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the fear, the spirit of wisdom. Seldom do you mention the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the fear of the Lord is I fear God, so I will not do him wrong. It says, Fear God and keep his commandments. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. It says, This is what this is the whole duty of man. You think he was joking? He was not joking. No. A lot of Christians think that those things is like this old testament, it's whatever. What are you talking about? Share. Why, why do you think that it's like right now we can live anyhow we want to live we can do whatever we want to do we're in a free zone free zone no is that what the freedom is supposed to do no, you were bound by sin now that you have been made free you want to go back again into it ah, what kind of nonsense is that don't you want to live nicely one that God wants you to have a lovely life. The instructions God gives us is for our own good. Charlie, it's for our own good. It's the mercy of God that has located you. You could have gotten HIV. Sharp. You. <laughs> I'm pointing up. You. Like, I don't want to, because if I point this way, it's, it's like it may fall on you and you think that I'm talking about it. So I'm pointing you. have had some strange sickness. Do you remember the abortion table you were lying on? 
you could have easily died. The Lord has had mercy on you. Now that you have resurrected from that table, you want to go back to it. That, that is human nature. Human nature does not change, actually, on its own. It, does, it can't change. Have you seen a, woman, a lady who has had one child with one man having three other children with three different men before? Oh, plenty. She's not 20. She has had four children with four different men. Yeah. You think the first one was going to make her like change, but <laughs> you can have a lady going five, seven, eight, ten. Yeah. One lady sat in my office and she said that, oh, she told her boyfriend that she has slept with eight people, but actually it's 16 people. But she didn't want to talk plenty, like, so she divided into two. I said, hey, Charlie, your body count is serious. Your body count. Like, when it comes to purity, a lot of Christians don't think about, like, let me be, remain pure, let me become chaste. Going out to somebody does not mean it's license to fornicate. Or making an attempt to go out to someone does not mean that now you can fornicate. It's called fornication. It's not called dating. It's called fornication, if you don't know what I'm telling you. And stop asking me foolish questions concerning pastor. It's kissing, it's kissing okay. It's smooching okay. I don't know. You are be there. <laughs> be there. Whatever you do, be there. Hey, when, you are, when you fall into trouble, I'll just counsel you. Hallelujah. Go back to First Corinthians chapter nine. Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Let's read from from verse nineteen. Paul is telling you how he lives. He says, "For though I be a free man, I be free from all men. Yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more." Message. Montiasse. Message. Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I, am, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Because of my ministry, I'll behave. I, I'm, I'm free. I can do whatever I want to do. But because of my ministry, I become a servant to everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that I may win some. Next verse. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose-living, immoralist. <laughs> the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in, any, in my attempt to lead those I met, I meet into God's God-saved life, into a God-saved life. You see, I become all men to all men. I become all things unto all men. So I may save some. You get it? I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. So he's not living for himself. He's living based on the gospel. Do you understand? At a point he said that, do you think I can't lead about a sister? Like every other person. Hallelujah. Do you think I can do I can do that like Peter and everybody has done? Do you think I can't take offerings on the church? Not this. I can do all that, but because of the gospel, I want the gospel to go forward. So I've decided to restrict myself in certain things. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to King James. Verse 24. Knowing not that they which run in the race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Only one person will receive the prize. 
and God wants you to win your race. There's a race for your life. Your life is not just it's like it's just for you. You are just fooling around, just moving around. It's only immature people who think that their life is for them. You know, at a point in your Christian life, you, you ask God things. God, give me this. God, give me that. And it comes after some time. Realize it's not coming anymore. It's not coming anymore. It's to let you know that God does not exist for you. You exist for God. And there's a timeline for God with God when it comes to you. Not you may pray for somebody, it may not come in the time that you think it should come. Ah, I have money. You are asking me for money. I say, wait, I'll give it to you. You waited for 30 minutes. No, I'm angry. If you are not giving me the money, I'm go away. Go. No, who has the money? There's no money out there. I have the money. I told you, wait. You waited for just 30 minutes and you're angry. Probably I did some bank transactions. The money will come in two hours. You just waited for 30 minutes. Wait, when the money comes, I have the it's not that I have the money. But I want to give it to you after two hours. Relax, I'll give it to you after two hours. But I will not tell you after two, I'll give you why are you my boss? You are not my boss. Is the money yours? The money is not for you, the money is for me. I'm giving it to you. Keep quiet and receive the you're yours to receive the money. You understand? Yeah. So it is maturity to know that you have a boss, you have a master. And he has his own way of doing his things, and you must relax. In his own time, he makes everything beautiful. Allow his time, not your time. There are some Christians who say foolish things. And uh, God, I've prayed and whatever, I've put my faith to work. It is not I've been serving you. God be with you. <laughs> no, you know that they which run in the race run up, but one receiver the price. So run that you may obtain. Next verse. And every man that strives for the master is temper in all things. Message. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a good medal that tarnishes and fades. Is it true? You are after one that's that's gold eternally. Do you think he was writing to apostles or prophets? He was writing to Christians. This Corinthian church. The Corinthian church had the foolish things that I'm talking about in that church more than any other church. Bad things. And Paul said, I'm going to return to you with a rod. Which one do you want him to return with a rod or with peace? Because he was going to blast them left and right, telling them his peace of mind. No, Paul could insult the church. Yeah, because of some of the things that are happening, he said, You oh, foolish Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians. He could just insult the people. Yeah. He could say that if I come into the church, some people say that I'm not powerful in person, I'm powerful in letters. I'm coming again. You will see whether I'm powerful in person too. Paul said such things in the in the back. <laughs> he was so angry with them because we have in the Corinthian church, someone was sleeping with his father's wife comfortably. His stepmother was sleeping with his stepmother comfortably. He has slept with people uh, now. It's like he has watched porn so many times. The porn that he's watching now is stepson with stepmother. You know they are they are born like that stepson. Yeah, look at your face like you don't know what I'm talking about. It's like you don't know what I'm talking about. Look at your face like you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, stepson, stepson, whatever. So he wanted to practice it. So he started. And it's like he was just displaying the church, and he was proud about it. Why I do I'm so what? 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 What you go feel do me? It's like church. You can't do anybody anything. Someone can be messing up and it's just there. That's why in some churches they bore you saying, How do you say that in English? How do you say that in English? They will hang you in church. They will hang you like that. 
this person he has done a beast they will remove they will display all your wrongs right in the church and and let you see those are they'll let you sit at the back for three months by the time you come back to the front you that thing yeah hallelujah yeah first Corinthians 5 1. I also received this a report of scandalous sex within your church family a kind that wouldn't be tolerated even outside the church one of your men is sleeping with the stepmother are we not reading first Corinthians yeah. uh-huh. so that, that's a group of people he was talking to and was letting them know that brother stop the foolish thing that you are doing because there's something more you get it there's something more there's something more there's a race that we have to run one day your life will end and they'll be asking whether you finish your race whether you finish your call that is more important than the sex that you're having and the lies that you're telling and the foolish things that you're doing the envy the strife the whatever all those things are not necessary they are preventing you from running your race they are called weights and sins that how can you run wearing a uh, 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 fugu how can you do 100 meter dash whilst you're wearing fugu or you're wearing what, what, what else can you wear you are wearing Tim's Timberland boots and baggy jeans. You are wearing heels. <laughs> no, if you see them running on the, the, the 100 meter dash, is that what they do? Supporter, supporter, something to reduce your the 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 how do you what's the scientific word? Car? Inertia, the drag, something to reduce the drag. What to drag you because you want to finish the race quickly. You need to get 9.21 then you can win but a lot of christians do you know how they are running <laughs> <laughs> they have absalom's type of hair <laughs> you know absalom's hair absalom's hair was so heavy that when he takes off his hair i think it was like 100 grams or something it was plenty five foot pounds so many plenty his hair was what got him killed. His hair hung in, the, in, the, in an oak tree and they came to put whatever that into his heart and killed him. Your hair is like that. Your tushet is like that. Big tushet. And it's fixed. It's big tushet that is they are 75 pins inside. And you are wearing high heels with kaba. Kaba and sleets. Holding what? Ice cream and chichinga like this. You are going like this. How can you win your race? Hallelujah. You see, you've forgotten that there's a, you are in a race. You don't, you've forgotten that you are in a race. You think you're just living. No, there's a race that you are running. And they are marking you. They are angels marking you, checking you. Checking you. On the day of judgment, they open books. So the open books all the you see all the opportunities you had to do something wrong that you said no to you'll be rewarded for those things you get it someone gave you free scholarship and he said sister thank god for your life mm. <laughs> and you left you get a reward for it the guy who said hey i will you too much and continued to do what i want you too you will also be rewarded for it Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not, it says, therefore, 
Therefore, then, seeing, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance or necessary weight, and that same which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patience, patient endurance, and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You don't want to lose focus on Jesus. You don't want to. Because if you lose, people have lost focus and they have lost it forever. They can't recover it. Did you hear the story about the man who, Christian man, lovely man, had a wife and everything. But he had a test for prostitutes. All out. He just had, he wanted to experience prostitutes. Many opportunities came his way, but he managed to escape. And it was always hunting him. One day he got to the brother and he said to God, God, leave me for a while. And let me do this thing. When I come back, we'll just continue with our lives. So he entered the brothel and had sex, bouts, and came back out. When he sat in his car, he couldn't feel the Holy Spirit anymore. He, he couldn't feel that he, whether he was born again. That witness, inward witness, was gone. For years, after 20 years, he saw a man driving in front of him in traffic light. And he saw a, a placard, a post behind the car. Jesus heals broken hearts. So he drove behind the car for hours until the car stopped. Then he went to ask him, are you sure what is written behind your car is true? And the man said, oh yes, it's true. He heals broken hearts. He said, my heart has been broken a long time. And he told him the story. 20 years ago, this is what happened. And from that time to date, I've not had any contact with God. I just know that God is not with me. And I know that when I die today, I'll not go to heaven. Yeah. So don't take... You see, you wouldn't know what you have until you lose it. When you lose it, then you know that, hey, I've lost something very important. Okay? Sometimes God wants you to climb into certain places in your life. But you can't climb because of the things that... There are so many weights on you. So you're a child of God. You are born again. The righteousness of God in Christ is everything. But you despise all the things that Christ did. All the things that God sent his son to come and shed his blood for. You despise all of it. You despise all of it. You don't appreciate it in any way. You just live your life anyhow. Forgetting that you have a race. There's a cause. There's a race for your life. You are going somewhere. Your life does not belong to you. Okay? There's a reason for your existence. There's a value on your life. So don't live anyhow. Whatever comes is okay for you. Hmm? We are watching all kinds of things. We have to be smart. Go back to that place. No, you know that they which run in a race, First Corinthians 9.24, run or but one receive the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the master is temporary in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible, a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. Next verse. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Let's read the message of this verse. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. No sloppy living for me. Other Christians are living in a sloppy way. No sloppy living for me. Next verse. I am staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it and then missing out myself because it is possible it can happen to you. 
You can be a sign but leading people to the house of God. But you yourself will never enter the house of God. Yeah. Go back. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, amplify this grade. You are in the spirit. But like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. Go, go to verse 26. We understand it very well. Okay? Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. I know who my adversary is. I know what I'm fighting against. I know what is going to prevent me from achieving the results and the, the plans of God concerning my life. I know what my adversary is. He doesn't mention the devil. Look at the next verse. You'll be surprised. But like a boxer, I buffered my body. I handle my body roughly because your body can lead you to hell. You think it's a joke? Your penis can take you to hell straight. Your mouth can take you to hell and you'll be shocked. You get to a point where you can't come back. You see, it was very emphatic what was written in the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. It is impossible to renew once again. Hebrews, go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4, and then we'll come back to this. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. It is impossible. For those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. And have tasted the good word of God and the past of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance. It is impossible for such people to be brought back. In other words, achieving perfection in Christ is, the most is one of the most dangerous parts of your life. Because you can easily, when you go out, it's finished, you can't come back. Babes, can, babes are not like that. But when you grow, he says he was once enlightened. He has tasted of the heavenly gate. You are speaking in the Holy Ghost. You are speaking in tongues. You know about tongue speaking. You know about a lot of things. You have a lot of knowledge. You are just not using it. You are on the verge of getting out of the system. I'm telling you. Go back. From verse 4. For it is most of those who are once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gate. What heavenly gate is he talking about? The gift of eternal life. Okay? And the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of righteousness. These are the three gifts that are given to us when we become born again and receive the Holy Spirit. The gift of eternal life. The gift of righteousness. The gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened after the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Meaning that you knew the Holy Spirit. Partakers means, is the same, the word partakers is the same word written in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 13, 14. Yeah. 2 Corinthians, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the law of God, and the communion, the word communion of the Holy Ghost is the same word partakers. The same word. So you've had communion with the Holy Spirit. You've had fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You've flowed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you, spoken to him back. You have been moving with the Holy Spirit. You have had communion with the Holy Spirit. This is what has made by him what he is. You have, you have had that. But it's not made you what he is. Because you, you took it for granted. You think it's nothing. You can just bypass it and do whatever you want to do. You are on the verge of going out. If you don't know, I'm telling you. Partakers of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Verse 5. And have tested the good word of God. The good word of God is the honey of God's word. It's the summit of God's word. You are broken the bones of God's word. There's the milk of God's word. There's the meat of God's word. There's the strong meat of God's word. And then there's the bone of there's the bone of God's word. Or the honey of God's word. Okay? That's the summit of God. You have real understanding. You know the scriptures. You know where it is. You know where this one fits. You know, you know, you, you are into details. You fellowship with people like Kenyon. 
people like Kenneth Hagen. People, Kenneth Hagen, the knowledge they had was not the kind of knowledge we have now. But there were men in the Lord. But we have more knowledge than they had. What do you think that makes us? Do you know what I'm saying? And not, not just me knowledge. You have the word of God is operational in you. You know. You fellowship with the word. The good word of God. That's the honey of God's word. Okay? Then he says, and the powers of the word to come. All those of you have been praying and using, uh, uh, putting word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of understanding, whichever one it is. I mean, you, you, you can see things. You are talking to someone, you can see the mother, something, something. You are in that class, you are in that category. If you don't know, I'm telling you, don't stop messing up. Because that's the powers of the world to come. In the world to come, when I see you, I don't have to, you don't have to tell me your name, I'll know your name. I'll know how you lived on earth, I'll know everything. Everything is it's like a data is on you. We see through you. You don't, there's no, our heads are not opaque anymore. It's transparent. We can see everything. Your, your thoughts, if you read, if you read some of these heavenly books, your thoughts are actually heard. As you are thinking, it's loud in heaven. It's not secret. Right now, if you are insulting me, I don't know. But in heaven, if you are insulting me, I say, hey, brother, yeah, come, come, come. We can know. Yeah, that's the powers of the world to come. And we are experiencing it now. Yeah, you have prophets on TV who can tell you where you've been. Hey, it's not a small thing. It's like when you're entering the church, you have to be afraid. They can tell you what has happened. Tell you, where were you last night? And they are not ashamed to also say it. They will say it in church. <laughs> they will not, they're all like pastors. They will not call you in the corner and say, Brother, what happened? They will not counsel you in the corner. They will counsel you in front of 3,000 people. <laughs> you know, the Lord is telling you to tell you that you're on the verge. <laughs> hey, you will say things. Yeah, they are tasted of the powers of the world to come. Next verse. Then he says, If such people shall fall away, if they shall fall away, it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance. Seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put into open shame. Yeah, it's not a joke. It is impossible to bring them back. It's not a joke. It's very serious. You don't have to get to this point. Stop frustrating the grace of God. Hmm? There's something called frustration of the grace of God. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Do you understand what it means to frustrate the grace of God? Let's, let's, let me show you that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Hey. You may not know, so you're just believing anyhow. You are disqualifying yourself in many things. I'll show you one last thing. You are disqualifying yourself with many things. Did Eliab, David's older brother, did he know when he was under examination? He didn't know. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 4. And someone did that with the Lord speak and came to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Come, come is thou peacefully, peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice with the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to, to the sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. Go to the next verse, verse 6. And it came to pass, you know, God had sent, let me give you a background. God had sent someone to go and go and anoint one of Jesse's sons as king of Israel. Okay? Alright. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab, they had gotten to David's house. David's father was called Jesse. When they got to Jesse's house, and Samuel saw the firstborn of Jesse, Eliab, he was take tall, like the one taking the camera. Take tall, like if we <laughs> take tall, well built. That was how Saul was. Saul was like the Bible says. Saul was head. He says he was head and shoulders above everyone in Israel. He was taller than everybody in Israel was well built. That was how Saul was. That was the first king of Israel. So when Samuel saw Eliab, he thought that 
same qualification, same criteria. He has passed. Eliab has passed. So the Bible says, and he came to pass when they came, they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He took the oil of the, the oil, the anointing oil, to anoint Eliab. He just took it. When he said, Ah, this thing, now in this, he just took it and was about to go say, bye, 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 my, my brother, you've missed it. Ask what this one prophet, what I say. It means that prophets can miss it sometimes. God told him, Sit down. Then he sat down. But God didn't just say to someone to sit down. Look at what God said. See, you, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. But the Lord said unto someone, Look not on his countenance. No, you're trying to have a fair. Look at someone who has a fair. Do you know what God he says? I, have, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I know where I'm taking you to. There are plans of good, not to bring you to evil. Plans to bring you to unexpected then. To a good place. You don't know what God has in store for you in the next 20 years. If you follow, don't take your eyes off him. If you take a, it's too risky to take your eyes off him. Too risky. You understand? It's too risky. Don't be messing up. Don't be messing up. It's like nobody's looking at you. You did the wrong thing. Nothing has happened to you. So you think everything is okay. You can be fired and not know that you have been fired with God. Do you know how many years Saul had the anointing of God upon his life? Two years. He ruled for in Israel for more than 40 years. But he was only anointed for two years. He was still in office and was, had been fired. He had been fired. Read the book of Samuel. You'll be surprised at what happened. Because of Saul's errors, it even affected his grandchildren. Israel, there was a time Israel, three continuous years, Israel could not have harvest. There was no harvest in Israel. And David then cried of God, what's God, what's going on? And God said, it's because of Saul's errors. Saul had died, yes. God said, it's because of what Saul did to the people of Gibeah, the Gibeonites. There was a league between them and Israel. But because Saul, Saul persecuted them and killed them and did all kinds of things. And because their cry is what is making, it's not making it rain in Israel. So, David called the Gibeonites and asked, so what, what, what should we do to appease you? And they said, oh, don't, we, don't, we don't want one man's errors to affect everybody in Israel. So, bring seven sons of Saul, seven sons or grandsons of Saul, and let's hang them and behead them. That's the way we'll be appeased. <laughs> yes. And they hanged seven of them. Their father or grandfather is the one who did the error. It affected them. Yeah, it affected. Check, you'll be shocked. At what happens when judgment sometimes like you're doing nothing coming, but when the thing comes, bah, you'll be surprised. It goes like this. It's serious. Ask Ahab. Ahab. It's not a small thing. God said that there will not be one left that will be we on the wall. Not one of Ahab's children. Not even one to be left that pisseth on the wall. <laughs> and when that it was like it was not going to come to pass. When the time came, hi, everybody died. Okay, yeah. so don't don't take things for granted. This, uh, so you see, they showed you the scripture. I'm not lying. Second yeah. Samuel 21 verse 6. Let seven men of, of his sons be delivered unto us, and we'll hand them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. So David went and fetched seven of his sons. He spared Jonathan's son because he had a league between Jonathan and him that he would make sure his children are secured. So he spared Mephibosheth. But the others, oh, he gave them up. He hanged all of them. And when they hung Israel, rain came. They did they hang them the following day, rain came. They were the ones preventing rain from coming. 
what is your life preventing for God from doing on earth? Yes, your life can be preventing some things from happening because you are not doing what you are supposed to do. You think your life is just yours. You can mess up. You can do whatever you want to do. What is your body count? My body count is 40. Only my 40 now being out. When you are a Christian, that's so chiasso. Who's so chiasso? Yet chiasso, yet chiasso. Yet chiasso can go 40 boom. There are some people when they set into a certain church, it's finished. Yes, when they set, when they enter a church. Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. You find boys. You see them. Hello, baby. How are you? No, it's a hello, sister. So we are all sisters in the church. Hello, sister. How are you? <laughs> Before I realize, your legs are hanging in his room. Dangerous thing. Hallelujah. Go back to First Samuel chapter sixteen. You read the Old Testament. Read the Old Testament. The Bible says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. You think that some things in there do not do not have anything to do with us. But when you read it, you become very careful. Become very, very careful. You don't live anyhow. You don't just live anyhow. Behave anyhow. Okay? The Bible says judgments are beginning in the, in the house of God. And it says, if the righteous be, will be scarcely saved. If the righteous be scarcely saved. How much more those who are outside? Don't misbehave. Listen, today, repent. When you hear this message, just repent. Say, Daniel Kupon. Turn on a new leaf. It's finished. It's okay. I've, I've, I've done some. This is my last stop. Father, I want to continue with you in, in holiness, in purity. Let me continue with you in purity. Let's be friends. <laughs> yeah. First Peter chapter 4, verse 18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, go up, go to verse 17. I don't know. Listen, you park, go and examine the Greek word. Someone is saying that oh, the Greek word scarcely means something. Go and, go and check. Go and check. You'll be there. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? It begins, and then he says, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, why shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? It means that the righteous, they too do have some one or two, one or two experiences. That we will go to the fire. We will be saved, but us by fire. First Corinthians chapter three, verse eleven, I think. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So open your mind, read your Bible. Open your mind. Don't don't let things cloud your mind. Okay. Hmm. Go back to First Samuel chapter sixteen. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance. Now what? Fit? Fine boy, fresh girl, bottoms girl. <laughs> I get sad for those of you who are mine because of bottoms. It's, it's something that I really get sad, sad about. But you'll be shocked. you see the bottoms walking in front of you like this. It will be like wardrobe moving. It will mean nothing to you. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked at yourself like, hey, nipa this. You'll be surprised. The wardrobe will really be nicer. Hmm. You are, you, you'll, be, you'll be shocked. Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. You are looking at physical things. In some churches, they choose people to become pastors based on physical things. How fine they are, how whatever, how their eyes look, how they are, how they walk, how gentle they are, their voice and everything, their what? Their money and everything. But that doesn't work with life. It's physical things. Because I have refused him. I have, he says, don't look at him because I have refused him. Do you understand I have, what does it mean? 
When we say, I have refused somebody, what does it mean? Maybe you considered him at first, but now you've rejected him. Uh-huh. What does it mean? Message. We should read message. Okay, message. It seems message gives us the message. But God told someone, look, looks aren't, aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature. I've already eliminated him. Hey! I've already eliminated him. Elimination by rough tactics. I have already eliminated him. He is not part of the show. I've taken him out. When did, did Eliab know that he was under examination at one point in time or the other in his life? He had no clue. He had no clue. You see, you see Eliab's life when you look at his relations with David. You do know David, some of David's sister's sons became major people in his army. You know that? David's sister's sons were the ones who became wild guys in his army. Eliab's children are not mentioned. Even Shimei's children are mentioned. Eliab's children are not mentioned. Eliab hated David with all of his heart. He was a rude man. When David went to the war, he said, what are you doing here? Small boy. Come on, get out! That was how he was. That was how he was. Yes. You've left the few, those few sheep that your father left for you. You've left them and have come here. Come on, get out of this place. That was how he was. Rude man. Not nice. You get it? He can't be, can be a king. A king must learn to accommodate all kinds of people and forgive all kinds of people. But he, could, he couldn't be a king because of the way he was. He didn't know he was under examination. They were checking him. They were checking As he was moving around Kote. Eliab was moving around Kote like that. He didn't know that he was under examination. He had no idea. He thought he was just moving around Kote, moving around Bwedi. Moving around Bwedi, licking slips. Fine boy. Fine boy. Yeah. You see, Jesse's sons were handsome. That was that David was a handsome boy. Absalom was a handsome man. He was a beautiful man. Absalom, beautiful man. Yeah. David was handsome, so his siblings were handsome. Fresh boys. They're just messing up. Messing up. Did they know they were, they were being watched? They didn't know. You are being watched. You are being watched. If you don't know, I'm telling you, you are being watched. There's a race you are running. You must win your race. You have to. Don't live short of what God has designed for you. Don't get to heaven and say that, hey, all this was part. All this was part. And you see, because you're getting results, you'll be deceived. You think that, oh, results, that's our results. Moses was told to talk to the rock. He struck it. He got results. That's our results. You'll get results. But is the results pleasing to the one who has called you? Okay? I've already admitted God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face. God looks into the heart. God is always considering you. It's always, you are being weighed. You are being weighed. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro in the earth, seeking whom he might what? He might show his arm strong in. And he wants to know who he can help, who he can, who he can work with, who he can use. He's always searching to and fro. His eyes always looking, searching. May you be the one God will find. Yes. Just be, put the, I'm saying this to let you know that you have to put the Lord of God to work. There's no time. Okay? There's no time. Contrary to your beliefs, there's no time. Contrary to what you think that, oh, I'll sleep, I'll wake up, I'll sleep, I'll wake up. Yeah, there's no time. You don't know when your time will be up. You don't know. You don't know. How many of you know when you die? Anybody? You don't know. 
I'm not saying you die tomorrow. God forbid, you will not die tomorrow. But oh yeah, dang, ubu, beboa, ubiya beboa. Ah, it's like you won't die. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't die in a rapture, some of us believe in rapture and immortality. Whatever it is, how you, however immortal you are, have you met? Did you meet Peter? <laughs> did you meet Peter? Did you meet John? John the Divine, even John the Divine cryer. He believed in immortality so much, but at a point he had to be guarded with the fathers. You too, at one point, you also be guarded with the fathers. Whether by rapture or by death, you will go. What type of death will it be? Hallelujah. Yeah. Last scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. You can read the whole thing, you will understand even more. But let me read from verse 20 to make more sense from it. It says, But in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. He says that in a, in a house, do you have toilet bowl in your house? You have WC in your house? Whatever, whether sheet him or WC, it's still something, something you sit on or something you squat on in it. Do you think that is less important than the bowl you're eating? Do you think it's less important than the bowl you're eating? It's not. Or what do you think? You think your your kitchen, the bowl you're eating, is more important than your potty? They are both important. If you like, <laughs> let the potty decide that you will not sit on it again. When I come sit on it, then it will shift. Say, master, forget it, forget it, man. Freedom. It's not Freedom to you, freedom, freedom, freedom. Your party singing freedom to you, that is, is free. No more people in it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Everyone is important. So it's not a matter of whether you have, there are, there are places in God's house that makes you look like gold or makes you good. I'm seen. If someone wants to the church, I'm, I'm the pastor of the church. You get it? I occupy a good place. When you do poster, I'll be honest like that. I'm planning on putting my poster there like that. <laughs> my hand will be the direction for the church. I'll put Pastor Kobe here and Pastor Roland here and I'll lay my hands on them like that. You, let, you know that I'm the man of God. <laughs> they are gold. They are people who are gold. They are coming to do greater works in Akka. Otabel's picture is what is there. But do you know how many people are down there who are working to make that work? You have no idea. Hundreds and thousands. People are working. They are not seen. Your potty is not. If I visit your house, I may not see your potty. The potty may not be the first thing I'll see. I may not even think about it until my own tummy starts doing you off. Then I say, Hey, Charlie, do you have do you have potty in this house? Let me see your potty right now. Then if it's not clean, you start you 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 you, you start. Oh, pastor, be back, pastor. Hey, pastor. Hey. I visited some people. That's what they were doing. The things was coming. And they were now bringing power zone and that's why they wanted to come and clean the toilet though. They were cleaning. Which I was like, Charlie. Make us see that. Some are unto honor and the Bible says that some are unto dishonor. Dishonor does not mean that it's wrong. That is their place. That's their role. It's, it's not talking about dishonor in terms of wrong. Like wrong dishonor. It's talking about like they are not they are not attractive. They are not seen. You get it? 
They are not seen. We don't put ourselves where we want to put ourselves. It's God who puts them. We are not prepared to be sitting somewhere in a certain church hearing the word of God. But God has causes you do this. Message. It's a message. In a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans, aha, uh-huh, and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. That's how it is. They are all containers. They are all important. You get it? Next verse. I think we probably can continue the message. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. Become. Meaning that you are not. He wants you to become. Become the kind of container and it is subject to you. Okay? Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. Next verse. Run away from infantile indulgence. Run after mature righteousness. Faith. Love. Peace. Joining those who are in earnest and serious prayer before God. Let's read King James. It's King James more detailed. Probably Amplify can even help us. Noble use. Next verse. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. That is your life. That is what God wants your life to be. And it's up to you. It is up to you. I don't know if you want God to use you. Do you know a potty can be removed from the house and thrown? Have you seen potties on bullets before? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen bowls, uh, clean plates on bola before? Have you seen that before? Because it cracked. They throw it out. Nobody's going to use a cracked plate. Yeah. So even though you are fine plates, you are cracked. You can't be used. Another plate to be. You see, there's a lot of replace, re- replacement. They can replace you. There's a better neighbor. God can replace you. You don't want to be replaced. Okay? Purge yourself. Cleanse yourself. Decide that I've been called for something. I have something very important to achieve in life. And I'll not contaminate myself with women. I'll not contaminate myself with lies. Some people have lied. Uh, all the window, lie windows are closed now. They lie again. Something will happen to them. Decide I'm not going to go along that line anymore. What do you think? Yeah. So that your life can take on a new dimension. You can be a Christian and be sleeping with people for money. You'll be sleeping with people for money. That's what you're doing. You're not, you don't have faith in God to take care of you. You can be a Christian and you're not doing any of those things, but you're a judge. You're a judge. Do you know a judge? You're a judge. You judge everybody. Your self-righteousness is filthy right before God. You think that because you have not, you have not done some, you can chat, or your own, yours has not shown up yet. Mixed, mad water, muddy water that is muddy is mixed, and muddy water that is settled. I did not muddy water. They are both the same. They are both muddy water. Yours have just not showed up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because you can also take that place that. I don't do this. I don't know this, but they are not correct. I'm the one God is going to. You'll be surprised. You understand? It's a, it's a hard thing. Take yourself away and look up to God. You, you, look, you take your eyes away. It's looking away from everything that will distract unto Jesus. 
look away from everything that will distract unto Jesus. The author and the finish of our faith. Consecrate yourself. Okay? In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.